Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you once again to look back over all the action in the British Basketball League. Let's go all the way back to Tuesday night and start with the FIBA Europe Cup as London Lions were beaten by Avtador Saratov, 77 points to 104. Um, I was watching the first quarter of this game on my phone uh, as I was trying to make my way home. And uh, the thing that came to mind, Dave, is that quote that you've said on here a couple of times is if you give pro players open three-point shots, they're going to shoot at 78% from the three-point line. Um, as it happened, I think there was 70, I think there was 75% from the from the free three-point line in the first quarter, Saratov. A lot of very, very uh nice looks from their perspective. Yeah, um obviously I, I'm always slightly concerned that this show might get slightly monotonous because obviously we're talking about the same teams playing yeah. the same type of basketball week in, week out. And so instead of consulting the thesaurus, I went to my favorite cookbook for this okay. game. Um, obviously, you probably guessed I'm more Gordon Ramsay than Adelia Smith. <laughs> and um, the words that came out... Uh, diced. Oh, you just paused there. We missed the words. What, what, oh, what you was missed the, the words? words? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Diced. Diced, yeah, yeah. Billeted. Yeah. Masticated. Yeah. And uh, regurgitated. Yeah. Which I think yeah. means chewed up and spat out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in reality, that's what happened to London. They um, came across a Saratov team that probably weren't overly pleased that they had nearly lost to them in Moscow. Probably mm. maybe... Or Saratov. Probably, yeah, in Saratov, in Moscow. Yeah. Well, it's Russia, it's a big... Yeah, well, yeah. It's a small country, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Saratov, I beg your pardon. Uh, I'm trying to add a little bit of... You know, I could say Saratov in Saratov in Saratov. It gets boring. It's my, yeah, my fault. Anyway, um, and... Um, yeah, they, they and they gave them basically a, a lesson, mm. um, both defensively and offensively. Now I don't think London helped themselves. You know, yeah. I'm perplexed that you that you you take Dirk Williams at the starting lineup. That to me is difficult to you know to justify. Um, there's a lot. I understand why you take other guys at the starting lineup, but watching the European games this year, Dirk has been the one who's gone off early, mm. and um, Dirk is also one of those guys who needs to get into a rhythm. You know, and if you, you, it's a different mentality being coming off the bench and being a bench scorer. And they did that in the European game last week as well. And they scored about five points in the first six minutes. And the same thing happened again in this game. Mm. Um, so that, that, that surprised me. Um, but um, the rest of the way, yeah, they just they just obliterated them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't be I'm not too critical about London. Um, because Saratov are clearly very, very good. Yeah. Um, but they came out utterly focused on that game, and and, and it was never close. Yeah. Uh, they were they were four of six from three in the second quarter, so they ended up ten for fourteen uh, from behind the arc in the uh, in the first half. Um, and really, that that's the ball game. There's no point even talking about the 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 second half. Um, Teague with 28 points, Reese with 13 points and nine assists, although eight turnovers, and Dirk was top, the third top scorer with 11. Derek Funderbunk had 21 points off eight of 10 shooting. Yevgeny Kolesnikov had 18 points off seven of eight shooting, four of five from the three-point line. They had five guys at 13 plus. They shot 40 for 63 from the floor and 14 of 25, uh, 56% from three. 
What um, perplexed me a little bit about the fourth quarter was London's lineups because the game was dead and they can't qualify. And yet, um, you know, and they're in the middle of a very busy schedule. And yet they, you know, Spencer didn't get off the bench. Mm. Um, Ward Hibbert didn't get off the bench. And we'll come to this a little bit later. And um, Neva played very little as well. And it just seemed to me that I can understand burning Teague out and to a certain mm. degree Majowskis because they're not playing in, on Friday and Sunday. But but burning Reese out, um, mm. playing the amount of minutes he did, uh, really surprised me, particularly when you're down by 30 in the, um, in the fourth quarter. Um, but then, you know, you've got celebrities in the building, I suppose. Because yeah, there is that. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even ones who seemingly know nothing about basketball, despite living in Madrid for a year. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I'd like to say on. he lived in Newcastle too, but he really didn't. He just got a helicopter no. in. No, yeah. Um, no, yeah. But yeah, so, so no, I, was, I, was, I thought there was, I thought that was a little bit, the, the thinking was a little bit muddled there. Um, also, just, just thinking, just looking at it again and looking at London as a whole, I was actually thinking, watching the game, just, you know, as the higher the level goes, the more the um, differential in player was obviously exacerbated. Mm. And I was just looking at, um, thinking about Majowskis because he's kind of, a, he's a bit of a, a throwback player. And he's obviously he's European, but being Europe, there's no restrictions on Europeans. So, you know, mm. he's not playing BBL, so they could easily have signed an American. He kind of undersized. He's kind of a six for six, four. Yeah, and you're wondering why they didn't at some point go out and pick up another, you know, six foot nine American, you know, to 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 fill that gap behind Kelly, mm. um, which they've clearly had all season. And, and Majowskis has done fine in, in in the um in the games that he's played, um, but he's kind of six six, doesn't really shoot the three much, if and if at all, and he's a European as opposed to when, when they could have signed another American. I don't, uh, it, it kind of struck us for the first time just watching them that. You know, was that the smartest personnel decision if you're really looking to go, you know, higher and, and, and further in the competition? Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's a good question. We'll see how they uh, how they deal with it next year. Let's go on to yeah. the BBL action in Friday night, starting in Sheffield, where it was Sheffield Sharks 102, Newcastle Eagles uh, 81, a 250th league win for Atiba Lions. He's the sixth player. Uh, six coach, sorry, to get to 250. He was a player indeed. He was a player coach. Um, and I think everybody else played at some point, all of the coaches who were uh, above him. Because yeah, I think did Cadel... They, did they play think, as a player coach? PJ didn't. No, uh, no uh, not at BBL level, no. He, well, no. he did actually. There was a couple of games where he suited oh, up yeah. but didn't come on. Same with Cadel. Cadel, there was a couple of games where he suited up because they were massively short of players. Wow. Rob never played as a player coach. Um, and uh, about it for one practice, didn't he? No, he he didn't think about it. No, you think about uh, for one practice. He said no? he said no, and my understanding was the press release went out and said he might do it. But yeah, all right, no. okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Anyway, back to modern day. Uh, no, Duke Shelton yeah. for uh, Newcastle. We later learned that he's ruled out for the season, and we've t- today learned that Justin Gordon is back for. The Eagles, but we won't go on to that. We'll go on to on Yeah, to the I was game. hoping they would actually hold that information back to the next week so you wouldn't ask us to talk about it because there's enough to talk about anyway. Um yeah. but yeah, and yeah, I knew we knew Shelton was I think Shelton broke his foot, so or broke a bone in his foot. So I think his his uh, as I understand it, his recuperation time was kind of six, eight, ten weeks, which is basically yeah. the season. season so. Yeah. So um so basically the Eagles essentially just had Carl Williams coming coming off the bench. There was a couple of minutes yeah. here or there uh, elsewhere, but primarily just him. And um Antoine Johnson made his debut 
for the Sharks in for um, Anderson. Anderson, yeah. Uh, Eagles first six points, Sharks next 10 points, and then not a great deal of difference. Sheffield had a bit of bit of an edge, but, but not really much in that first half. No, it was a bit back and forward, as you say, um, and it was kind of the first team to really get some stops, might, might you know, impact this game positively, and neither team really did. Um, it was, you know, Newcastle's um, Achilles heel has been their interior defence, not necessarily the big guys, but certainly the fact that teams are able to score on them in the paint, whether it's the guards penetrating, whether it's you know lack of help at the right time, or whether it's just inability to, to get your body in the way. And I think they gave up 30 points in the paint in the first half. You know, and basically, as a rule of thumb, you know, 18 to 20 is is probably what you would expect in a, in a, in a normal basketball game. Because you're going to give up some offensive rebounds, you're going to give up some layups, fast break stuff. To give up 30 in the paint is in a half is not good, particularly he's 30 out of 46. Mm. Um, Sheffield's defence wasn't that much better. Sheffield changed a little bit because obviously Anderson's gone, so they now basically put the team around Glasgow entirely. Mm. So he's gone from coming off the bench to sharing minutes to being their guy, and I'm pretty sure that's based around his passport more than anything else because it allows them to bring in um, Johnson, as you say, who's another scoring American. So their lineup now is Johnson and Wallace, who are kind of two scorers basically around Glasgow, um, Nichols at the four with um, Mazzullo playing quite well behind him if necessary and then the big guys are you know Delpesh, Tuck, Coke etc uh, and obviously Rutino fitting in wherever they need him because Rutino's shown he can play positions two through four and um, that kind of depth kind of helps them but it, it does give you people you can shut down but Newcastle didn't manage to shut any of them down um, you know both um, Wallace and um, the, the new guy from Bristol, Antoine Johnson. Sorry, sorry Johnson. Um, they, they scored the ball you know, really comfortably throughout. And um, Eagles, you know, they got again, they got the 20 and whatever it was from Fletcher. They got a good game from Defoe, um, but they didn't really get much else, I'm afraid. Um, and, and by the end of the third quarter, you know, the, the, the lack of impact off the bench and the lack of legs. Um, you know, really helped Sheffield take the game away down the... They were in rhythm, took the game yeah. away down the stretch. Well, it was 56-53 with three and a half minutes to go in the third. And then um, Kipper Nichols, then Johnson at three. Sheffield had the last five points of the quarter, so went into the fourth up 11. And then, as you say, it sort of melted away from the Eagles' perspective. They they sort of ran out, ran out of gas. And yeah, was, yeah there was... One um, there was one moment in the game which kind of you always look at because it's a bit giggly, but also uh, kind of raised my eyebrows again a little bit. Um, in transition, um, Wallace managed to um, pin Fletcher in the place where you don't want to be pinned. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and it was nowhere near the basketball. And I saw yeah. a transition. Um, unsportsmanlike called I don't think he tried to hit him there of course no, he didn't no, no. but um but I saw a transition unsportsmanlike called in the cup final yeah yeah by um the same ref who was at that game yeah the Sheffield game and I can only assume that he was told after the cup final that he shouldn't have called the one in the cup final which to be fair I didn't think he should have called on Will yeah. Saunders if you remember because that was as clear a transition <laughs> 
um, unsportsmanlike as you'd ever see. It was you know just Fletcher passed the past the guy and, and the ball is nowhere and Wallace is nowhere near the ball and, yeah. and makes contact with a with a, with something which would get you disqualified under the Queensbury rules. Um, <laughs> so um, again, that's slightly you know that. That was it. Was kind of because obviously I'm, I'm I like Ramon and I know Ramon and I felt a bit for Newcastle because they're, they're my team. But even so, it was it was the inconsistency of that which really um, disappointed me. They need to sort out their their own sports like fouls in transition because I'm not even sure anybody knows what the rule is the way they're reffing it at the moment. Mm. I know I know you know what the rule is. I know what the rule um, is. I can give you um, all five reasons. I won't I won't yeah, bore people. Um, but yes. but uh, you know that to me there's a degree of. Um, inconsistency there between and it's different when you've got different refs I understand their different interpretations when you've got the same refs yeah yeah that's not good no um, you know so so there we go um, but beyond that no Sheffield trending upwards I think but you know Newcastle's defence has been such that you know if you're going to drop 100 on anybody it's probably going to be Newcastle when they're undermanned at the moment yeah. so I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a kind of a, a line in the sand for Sheffield whereby, you know, oh, they're, they're great now, they're perfect now. Mm. Still think they need shots to fall. You know, when we've seen in, in the, the Bristol game, you guys did a couple of weeks ago where they couldn't get shots to fall towards the end that they, yeah. they scored for offence. Um, Newcastle, I mean, Gordon can't come fast enough um, because, you know, if anything, the degree, what, what you know, the degree of intensity he showed last year, you know, he's potentially a defensive player of the year last year. I know, I know we don't have that vote, but he was he was certainly in the top three, and um, they need that more than anything else mm. um, at the moment. And how he fits in, he's not naturally a centre. He's no, probably not naturally no. a replacement for. for it's um, not a natural replacement, but if he's available, you you. Well, you that's the point, isn't it? If you've got someone who knows the system, who's been there, who understands, uh, and um, it's February, so you haven't got yeah. time to bring in. You haven't got time to, to drag a guy in for six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To, to, to find out that he's going to get hurt and then can't do it. This is part of the problem Glasgow have had in yeah. replacing him all the way through the season. So, yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a good pick-up for them. But, you know, the reality is, you know, Sheffield and Newcastle are now both playing for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, And they're probably both playing to avoid... The very, well, say they both have to get in the playoffs first. If you're Newcastle, they have to get in the playoffs because you're four and eight. Um, but a five and eight, sorry. Um, but yeah, four and I can't remember. Um, but yeah, you're playing to avoid the seventh and eighth because yeah. you don't want less for London. You know, everybody, anybody else, you know, you know, three to six is going to be, um, you know, is going to be game on. But neither of those teams, I think, is going to be looking particularly comfortable against Leicester or London. And I do assume London will finish second. So that's a mm. bit of a um, assumption I appreciate earlier than when they've only played eight games. But um, anything less than that for London would be a, a catastrophe. Suboptimal. Uh, Delpesh 23, uh, Wallace 27 and 20 points, seven rebounds, seven uh, assists. Johnson with 18 points, seven of 10 shooting on his uh, debut for the Sharks. Uh, Person mm. 21, Fletcher 21 and seven, Defoe 17. Sheffield had lost their last four home games. I saw something saying going first win since December, which is a bit harsh. because First not of 12, or did he finish off with 21? Can't remember. Oh, I've, got it, I've got it down here. Well, so I, wonder, I, I remember looking at the person's line and thinking he was doing half a Mockford because he yeah. was like 15, 12 points, no rebounds, no assists, you know, no, nothing else. When you've got six guys, it's not really enough. I've got 21 here. I'm oh, well, you might be right. So I, did, I, probably t- I probably didn't watch it after the end of the middle of the fourth quarter, so probably missed uh, it. Let's move on to the trophy. Derby Trailblazers 70, Bristol Flyers 90. Evans back for uh, Bristol. There really um, really wasn't very much 
in this game at all. The Flyers led by six when they scored the first six points. The Blazers got out to eight early in the second quarter. But but for most of this game, this was one or two baskets. Yeah, they got I think they got to about six points towards the middle of the fourth, and then eventually Bristol got away from it. Yeah, first thing, Derby, nice cameras, horrible floor. Yeah, I've horrible been there. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. You've been yeah. there. I've been there. We played yeah, there. Yeah. Um, can't remember which team it was, but um, probably about two or three years before I stopped, we got drawn there in the trophy. And mm. the hardest thing was actually getting in the building because yeah. we got there at quarter six and the building didn't open. The janitor hasn't top. opened yet. The janitor hasn't opened yet. And that was literally the conversation that we were having. We weren't allowed in the mm. building. Um, when we got there, everyone was hospitable and all that, but you know, you need a I mean, lawyer. It sounded need... good as well. The crowd, the crowd yeah, looked full yeah. and it sounded good. So. But when you need a lawyer to get you in the venue for a game, it's never the greatest. <laughs> and um, so you know, sit on the bus or you go stand in the cold, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, so but that floor is just, oh, it's, you know, the, the, we we took the Mickey out of the blue coat at for so many years mm. and eventually they changed it, but I know there's nothing they can do. Um, yeah, well, Darby are a solid team. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're under the auspices of the rules that they have to operate under in the NBL mm. in relation to the, the, their imports, etc. Um, you know, they're well coached, they run stuff, you know. Um, just the higher level you get in the, the higher echelons you get in the BBL, the, the higher the talent level is on the opposition in relation to particularly the guards. And um, Bristol's guards made plays in this yeah. game towards the end. They had a bit more. They had a bit more off the bench as well, didn't they? So they yeah. looked. Uh, um, it's interesting. We'll just go, just jump forward to this bit because Ryan Bruggerman was scoring really well, yeah. kept Derby going in in the second half, and with seven and a half minutes to go in the game, it's sixty six, uh, sixty five after Bruggerman had hit a three, and mm. I can't remember the exact point it was, but it was somewhere around there where. Uh, Liam on the on the commentary said that one or two of the Derby players looked a little bit gassed at that point, and then it, it just played out like that. They just yeah. they just well, there's a lot of adrenaline, obviously, in a game like that for, for Derby, you know, because if they've had a great win at, at Surrey, and again, you know, these are the games whereby if you're a player you're in the shot window, you know, how do I do against the next level of competition? You know, it's different to, to all the other teams that they play. Um, but Bristol are good. Mm. You know, Bristol aren't, aren't, aren't the team who are going to fold. And, you know, a couple of years ago, when we saw them at Suland, a yeah. couple of years ago in the, in the cup in the cup semi-final, sorry, the trophy semi-final, where they did fold, mm. you know, and they got beat by 30-odd. And they've, they've changed. They're better than that now. They've got a little bit more resilience. Mm. Evans is good. Uh, he's a shot maker and seems to like the moment, if I can put it that way. I'm not necessarily mm. sure his coach likes the fact that he likes the moment, but he, he does, you know. And Jacob is an all-round, you know, is your prototypical all-round um, BBL guy who who is going to help you in every every single way, you know. And, and when you throw in their physicality and the and the fact that they, they don't appear to have much in the way of egos there, because they're, because they're playing defense, mm. um, that's the type of team that's going to grind you down. And I think it did mm. with 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 Derby. You know, Smith wasn't able to go off the way that he. He did it in the first game. You just say your guard Bruggerman, who didn't play down in Surrey, he, he's the other American guard, I think. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He, yeah. So he made some, so it was, it was his big game because he hadn't played in Surrey to show them what yeah. he was made of. Yeah, yeah, so he yeah, turned yeah. up and showed them what he was made of. Um, but in relation to everybody else, um, you know, what they came up against was a team that was playing transition defense. What they came up with was a team that was going to grind them down and a team that has some belief in itself at this point mm. in time in Bristol. Mm. And um, they made plays at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, pick your run. It was either 14, 
fourteen zero, twenty two two, or twenty five four. Um, either way, well, it's always um, with the lower teams with with the B NBL teams. It's always a question of can they keep scoring? Mm. You know, when they get tired, can they keep scoring? Do they have the talent to get a basket out of somewhere to break those runs? And even if you remember in the Surrey game. Derby had 60 in the first half and 30 in the second half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, things, you know, things get harder down the stretch, and that's where your talent kind of takes over and your energy takes over and your depth takes over. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, but again, you know, it's, it's a banana skill avoid a banana skin avoided for Bristol. Uh Bruggerman with 26, uh Smith with 13, although four of four of 17 shooting to, mm. to your point. Different size as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Different yeah. size in Bristol. They got length as well as size, yeah. so it does change your um your looks at the basket if you mark them Smith. Uh, Evans twenty eight and seven. Jacob five of nine for uh, from three point range for twenty one points. Uh, he is a sneaky months. good three point shooter, you know, and it doesn't look like they should go in because they go up a mile. Mm. It's like he's shooting moon balls, um, but you know, you think of a guy who's got kind of got the long arms and the limbs and the athleticism, and you think, oh well. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll give you the three ball, but he, he shot thirty eight percent in college, and he's he's shooting the ball really well this year as well. He's he's really probably the, the most consistent positive impact they have on that team. So let's go to the Sky Sports game: London Lions sixty seven, Leicester Riders eighty. No Justin Robinson, no Andre Lockhart for the Lions. So thin at the point guard position. Obviously, they're still without Jordan Williams. Yeah, they only have four as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were down to their last two points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, early on in the game, London offensive rebounding, making some threes. Uh, the other end of the floor, Nelson Henry, back again, once again in the starting lineup, scoring inside. Whelan uh, picking up where he, he left off from that previous visit to the to the Copper Box. And it, it was a close first half, really. I mean, the first thing that struck me was that Tawia started, mm. um, which was eyebrow raising because he basically hadn't played on Tuesday night. He'd played a couple of minutes in the European game. And he hasn't really played much in the in the in the in the um, I think I think that was his second start in in a league game this season. And it, I think it was Cugini's either his third or his fourth. He, no, but, I can understand Cugini's starting because you want to you want to spread the court and you want to find the guy. But but starting Tawia over Kelly and it's because Cugini's been playing minutes. He's been he's been yeah, in rhythm, he's been playing games. Tawia's not been playing. No. Um, I annoyed. wondered whether it was uh, obviously when they played Leicester last time. He picked Kelly picked up two fouls in the first two minutes, and whether that had something to do with yeah, it. Kelly, you start on centre. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you start on centre, and if he's, you know, and, and and the other thing was because Leicester was starting Nelson Henry, um, that meant that Kelly's matchup was Walker, mm. and that's the least yeah. favourable matchup yeah, for Kelly yeah, imaginable. Yeah, you know, because Walker. You say Walker was eight of nine last time they played them. Walker has a big body. Walker can move Kelly out of the way. Walker doesn't yeah. roll the basket. He's not. He's not. He's not someone. He's got a lot. It's just. It made little sense to me. I just thought it was maybe maybe a little bit of overthinking going on. I don't know, but um, I, 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 you know, you struggle. The view you always look to try and find the reason. You know, if you see a reason that something happens, what's is he hurt? Um, is it might be foul trouble? You might be right. Is it this? Is it that? Um, is the other guy ready? Is it a better matchup? All these stuff, and none of them, none of them figured for us. Mm. None of them worked for us at all. Um, and also, you have to be careful about the psyche of what it does to the player who, who's been playing all the minutes, and suddenly he's told, "Oh, you're on the bench for the big game." Yeah, yeah. Um, because not all, these guys aren't robots, you know. They'll be like, "What did I do wrong?" You know, 
And no matter how much a coach explains the logic to a player, the player's first thought is, yeah, but what did I do wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> now some players may accept it better than others. Some players may react better than others. And that's a matter of ultimately for a coach to determine and a coach to decide upon. But, you know, to be fair, James' new coach he doesn't really know these guys yet. So mm. I, just, I just didn't get that move. And that said, London were, as you say, they were ready to play in the first half. They should have been because this is, you know, this is a trap. Vince said it on the commentary. This was a trap game. You know, the first game after you win the cup is yeah. a trap game. It's a nightmare because it's generally the Friday. We always used to be and we used to be away at Worcester, Worcester. every Friday. Yeah, every yeah, Friday yeah. after we won the yeah. Southern Cup, they sent yeah, us to Worcester. Yeah. You know, and PJ's sitting there ready, thinking, "Yeah, here we go. Come on, let's get these guys who've been out partying." And because the cup's on a Sunday, right, and you win the cup. Well, Monday's gone. Yeah, Tuesday's probably gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can say, let's be professional guys, but let's be honest, if you won the cup on Sunday night and you're getting home at 11 o'clock, then you, you, you basically got a three-day week. Yeah. And Wednesdays, everybody feeling good and slapping each other on the back. Yeah. You know, now, again, you say, well, that, that doesn't happen because, you know, Rob and Pablo, they're professionals. They're not going to let yeah. that happen. Look, it happens. Yeah. And, yeah, if, yeah. And, if, and if they can't, and, and the coaches can't, even though the coaches know what's happening, they can't do anything about it because they yeah. can't be the killjoys. Yeah, you can't yeah, kill yeah. the mood. You have to let the mood hang out. So in a perfect world, you know, you're playing on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, and you're, and you're, or you're playing Leeds or Durham or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Put the cup around and you won by 30, everybody's happy. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the schedule sent them to London. Mm. And this is where the Tuesday night thing really kind of pickled my brains because, mm. you know, Tawia played two and a half minutes on Tuesday night and he's starting on Friday against Leicester mm. in your biggest game of the season. Spencer didn't play, not even in the dead minutes of the fourth quarter. Mm. Yeah, he's playing, you know, meaningful minutes. Ward Hibbert didn't play on Tuesday night. Yeah, he's on the court against Leicester. Mm. And I'm thinking, what a chance you had. I mean, I can't believe they were all unhealthy on Tuesday and ready to play on Friday. Mm. I'm thinking, what a chance you had to put those guys out there in the fourth yeah, quarter yeah. against Saratov and let them get some rhythm, if that was it, if you're thinking the plan. So anyway, sorry, getting back to all of that. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shootout in the first half. Mm. Mm. At the tempo, as you you guys called it really well on the on the on the, on the commentary all night, it was the tempo London needed to play. Yeah. Last time they played London, last time they played Leicester in London, it was 98, 96. Yeah. 99-96. And it should have been, you know, even that those two points London threw away at the end. So it was yeah, in the yeah. in the 90s. And that was London's best chance, you know. And um they came out and started and with Kajini shooting the basketball the way he was. Leicester, a little bit loose defensively, but London in a bit of rhythm, moving the ball. Um, and London doing a decent job on Crandall. Mm. Now, Whelan got going early, which, which I, mean, I don't think Whelan, up until the third quarter, I don't think Whelan missed a shot in the copper box all season because <laughs> in, the game, in the cup game, I think he was like seven of eight or something yeah, ridiculous from yeah, three yeah, point yeah, line. Yeah. Um, and congratulations to him, by the way, on getting in the GB Call squad. Up, yeah. I don't know if he'll be in the 12, but I hope, I think he's, he's got a really good shout at it because um, he he's fits them like an absolute glove, the way that he's shooting the ball and the way that he's playing and it's just his demeanour and the way he carries himself on the court. Really, mm. really impressive. Um, so he kept them he kept them going. And then they also eventually kind of got more Walker going and then they got the Crandall, Nelson, Henry link up going. So whilst Crandall wasn't scoring, London weren't taking, you know, the biggest thing with defending Leicester, I've said it time and time again, is you have to defend, not just Crandall, but you have to defend Crandall in the big. Mm. And you have to be able to do that without giving up wide open shots to the other three. Yeah. 
Right? But the first thing you have to do is you have to defend them in the big. Because if Nelson, because Nelson Henry and Walker, if they catch the ball within six feet, are incredibly efficient scorers. Yeah. And you're picking the basketball out of the basket. You can't run. You can't get out. You can't pick the tempo up. Leicester are comfortable because Leicester know that at any point in the game, they've got that. They've yeah. got a layup. Yeah. And you've got to take, and that's what Bristol took away in the trophy game. You've got to take that away first. Then you've got to rotate out the shooters and do what you can. Um, and, and London didn't do that in the first half, or certainly in the second quarter when Leicester came back in the game, um, which, I think, what, 47, 46 half time, something like 48. that? 48-46 at halftime. London at that point were 9 of 18 from, from three-point range. Um, there, there was not a lot in the in the third quarter. I, I want to spin it through to to the end of the third quarter, if yeah, you can. That's right, there, that's... there was a three-point lead um, with, with a minute to go, uh, London. Crandall then, I think it was two free throws, made it 63-62. And then uh, there's a Spencer foul. Um, with 0.9 seconds left in the quarter. Uh, he's He's got his arms up. His feet are yeah. inside the no-charge circle, so it can only be a defensive foul. It couldn't be an offense foul. I don't think he was quite square on, uh, which is probably what the referees called it for. But I, to me, it wouldn't be the end of the world if that was a, a no-call. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, James Veer, very upset by it, gets called for, for a technical. So with 0.9 seconds to go, Leicester get three free throws. They make all of them. And then I didn't see it in real time. I had to go back this morning to see if I could work out what, what the heck happened. Uh, it looked to me like Youngblood set, was saying something to Gino after the quarter had finished and Gino was walking back from the free throw line and Youngblood was walking onto the court. And the referee saw whatever he said or heard whatever he said and got another technical. So Leicester then got another free throw to start the fourth quarter. So basically they got four points in 0.9 seconds and went from um, two down to three up. Sorry, that doesn't make sense. From one down to to three three up. And it did. And also on top of that, that they cracked London, Mm. um, which we'll get to in a minute. A couple of things. Firstly, again, Crandall sat down from memory and I'm not, I hope I'm not conflating games here um, towards the end of the third quarter he did yeah um, and London again matched kind of matched them with the weird lineups and the thing is London have about seven guys that can play in that game and can maintain the tempo that they need to maintain right to win the game because London cannot get involved in a dogfight with with Leicester, you're just not ever going to win. And by you know Spencer's minutes in this game hurt London. I don't blame Spencer per se because Spencer's not played, and to put him in this game at that time, you know when he's playing without any offensive confidence, Leicester was ducking as far under any screen as you can imagine when he was on the court. Mm. That hurt London's rhythm. Now you say, well, that's the only point guard they've got. Okay. Um, outside of recent reason, needs to rest. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean if he's not one of your seven, he's not one of your seven. Mm. You find a way. And he hasn't been one of the seven all season. And now you're asking him to be in that game when things are getting tight and you know you need to score 85 or 90 points to win. Right? You then add Tawia into it as well, who hasn't played much. He ended up sharing minutes with Kelly in this game. Mm. He played more minutes than Kelly, 20 to 19. And that's not foul trouble, which absolutely flabbergasted me. 
Because Tauria can play, he can be energetic, he can give you something. But Kelly's vertical spacing makes that team work. If you don't have the threat of Kelly throwing that lob, you yeah. are 10 times easier to guard. And, and I guarantee changing that, shots by just being Yeah, there. changing shots defensively and offensively. I'm less kind of interested in the defence because London need to score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, London need to score 90, right? Which means that Reese needs to be comfortable and he needs to have his partner in crime out there throwing lobs to him. And, or, or with the threat of throwing lobs to him. And I guarantee you, Leicester, will be absolutely delighted with that decision. Not because Tawia can't play, but because Tawia fits into what Leicester can defend. Mm. Right? So there's that. And then there's, I don't, I can't remember what it did in the first half or the second half, but even so, that was weird to me as well. He played, came and played three minutes. You know, if he's not ready for the, the fourth quarter in the Saratov game, he's not ready for that game. So anyway, um, the technicals happened um, and London cracked. Mm. Um, they just cracked. And it's something, you know, I've used the phrase before, it doesn't happen very often. It happened once in Newcastle, but happened a different way in Newcastle, um, where it was basically Risu cracked and the rest of the team was just spinning. In this game, everybody cracked. The bench cracked. Youngblood getting that technical, if it was Youngblood, ridiculous. Mm. Can't happen. Okay. Um, Via doesn't know what's happening when Youngblood's getting that technical, because he's looking around saying, what's all that about? Mm. Okay. Um, so that's a discipline thing in relation to that. You look at that, you use a great shot of Paternostro on the other side, just nodding, just stood there, mm. calm as you like, whilst this is going on, you know? Because he knows, because once, once, the, once the, the internal frisson is present in the opposition, mm. you don't have to do anything else, you just keep going. Yeah. You play your way, you know, you do what yeah. you can. You just keep turning the pressure up, turning the pressure up. And then, and Vince pointed it out as well, um, William sits out the first four minutes of the third, yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah. And we're getting, you know, this is happening regularly. You know, I mean, Armstrong in the cup final, yeah. you know, sat out the fourth quarter, um, sat out the first minutes of the fourth quarter, and two minutes becomes four minutes. Yeah. You know, and, and four points becomes 12 points. And that's the game. Yeah. You know, when the game is on the line, and in the BBL, you don't have enough guys of the same level on your bench, even London in this game, mm. you know, to be taking away and taking out a rhythm one of your main guys Dirk Williams doesn't get tired and playing the BBL I'm, I'm sorry he can play Dirk Williams could play for 15 minutes in a game like that because it's all adrenaline it's adrenaline fueled yeah. and um, there's a you know there's a difference in, in coaching the game and, 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 and putting your team in by, by the book as to who needs to do what he's going to give us this and he's going to give it that as opposed to the realistic situation as to well, actually this guy's not played for three months yeah why I can't, you know, in this game, every every Leicester guy is feeling great about themselves. You know, they're all playing, they're all in rhythm, whatever. They all know what their rules are. You can't figure it out on the fly against Leicester when you need to score. And that's what happened. Um, they Reese got tired, which brings me back to the 30 odd minutes he played against Saratov. Yeah. Um, and men, and also the fact that Kelly wasn't playing is the biggest thing because Kelly playing 19 minutes is just it, it, the the it's the phrase they use in the NBA is vertical spacing. Mm. He makes the, the opposition big retreat. He makes he makes him worried about the lob at all times. It's the basis of everything London have done all season. And he only played 19 minutes. And I didn't get that. And what happened then was you just saw the, you know, Leicester were just the wrench and they just tightened the nut, tightened mm. the nut, tightened the nut. And every every offense, um, London became a little bit more desperate. 
a little bit less considered in their decision making. There's still shots they could make, mm. but those shots are tougher when you know the game is getting away from you yeah. and you're out of rhythm. And um, they cracked. Yeah, they yeah, did. Um, so basically, yeah. neither team scored for the first three minutes, but then Adekoya yeah. three, loving shot, wheeling on a on a layup, and London were just missing everything. And the reason I mentioned the score with a minute to go in the third quarter is because it was 63-60. The next 18 points were scored by Leicester, 63-78. London didn't score for nine and a half minutes, and we were getting to the point where we were going, they might get a zero in this quarter because it it was it's one of those things that you sort of you pick up on after like three or four minutes you sort of go they've not scored for four minutes here and then it was like oh they've not scored for five minutes or they've not scored for six minutes or they're not scored for seven and honestly thought they might not might not might not score the interesting thing the two scores that they did get in the fourth quarter because they scored four points were both uh, at the basket one of them was a turnover in transition yeah, so I immediately looked at Rob's face after that. Yeah, um, it wasn't happy because he, he saw the shutout. He was, he was pitching yeah. the shutout as well. Yeah. He, he was with the baseball. baseball. <laughs> yeah, all the baseball references I heard yeah. during that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what it is. he might be. He might have thought he was a decent shortstop, but I don't imagine he caught the fireballs going over his head. Anyway, he, he, um, I've actually, I actually did. He he was apparently. From, from, sure from what yeah, I've I'm read, sure. a pretty good baseball player. I'm sure I was when everybody was little. I'm sure he was the best. <laughs> um, but they grew anyway. I don't know enough about baseball. I started yeah. talking about that. Yeah. I'm certainly not doing a podcast about it. Um, no, the, the interesting thing about what you say is you know, those first four minutes of the fourth quarter, Leicester are happy. That's the, the, the thing that separates Leicester from everybody else is that Leicester can win with offense and Leicester can win with defense. Mm. It doesn't need to be one or the other, it needs to be working. You know, their offense is exceptional, but you, you can shut them down. You know, you can. You've got to be very diligent. You've got to get into the right players. And it's really a hard job. You've got to be really on point. Um, their defence relies on being pesky, being on point in relation to the scouting, having good size, shrinking the court, but most importantly, having guys with a high IQ. Mm. There's no, probably Crandall aside when he's putting the, when he's, when he's extending his defence, he can't do it the whole game because of the minutes he's playing. And Connor aside, there are probably no what you'd describe as great defenders in the Leicester team. Um, nobody stands out. But the fact that none of them stand out is actually a testament to how good they are. Yeah. Because they, they're, 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 you know, they're getting to the spots. So they know the shots that they're giving up. And in the first half, they weren't on it because Kajini doesn't shoot that many threes if they're locked in. Right? Yeah, and he did. Yeah, yeah. In the second half, well, yep, yep. It, it, Rob talked about it before the game, the three-point shot, three-point shot, three-point yeah. shot. And then they obviously didn't do a very good job of that. Yeah, the players the don't believe it until they see it happening in front of them. Half-time, they just took it away. So they, it Well, was... they did, but London took themselves out of it as well because those yeah. shots don't drop when you're not comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, restarted shooting them. And, and as I say, Williams wasn't on the court. And London didn't get into transition. And that that kind of, that four-minute, this four-minute nil-nil death spiral yeah. was the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was so... the game, doesn't it? Let me just give the numbers on it. It was 34-19 in the second half, having been 48-46 at halftime. Yeah. Uh, 14-4 in the fourth quarter. Lions were 2 of 14 from the floor in the fourth quarter. They missed their first 11 shots uh, of the fourth quarter. And the three-point thing, I said they were 9 of 18 at halftime. They were 1 for 11 uh, in, these, in the second half. So seven fewer attempts. And obviously, 
they they couldn't buy What's one. What's interesting about that, Dan, is right. You say what they missed the first eleven shots in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. The number. Yeah. Right. Well, they they scored the first point with about two minutes on the clock. Yeah. Mm. I think so it was less than that. It was about one maybe one thirty. Well, well, so they shot eleven shots in eight minutes. Mm. That's Leicester's tempo. Yeah. You know, it's Leicester's tempo. They're not getting in transition. They're not getting offensive rebounds. You know, they're not getting good stuff up. Um. They, they can't win. They can't. You. I don't. I don't see any team. Bristol kind of did it, but I don't see any team beating Leicester at that tempo. I think Leicester are too certain of themselves in relation to the decisions that they make, and too comfortable that they're going to get a good shot and they're going to start knocking them down at the end. You have to. You know. You have to get up and down against them. And, and London did for a half, but they didn't have the um, capability, the players, the decision making to do it for the whole game. And that's why they that's why they ran out of gas and you know that's why Leicester are eleven and zero. And it, it, to be blunt, it's the same as when they played Cheshire. You know, the mm. Cheshire Leicester game, very similar. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, very similar. You know, they come out, they take the team's best punch, but you can't get in, you can't keep, keep going up and punches. down if you're giving yeah. playoffs. You know, they're gonna they're eventually they're gonna grind you down. Dirk Williams with 16 points. Kajini was 5 of 8 from 3 for 15. Washburn 12 and 13. Whelan had 17 points. Mo Walker 16 and 12 rebounds, 6 offensive. Crandall 12, 8 and 7. And the Walker number, Walker's coming off the bench, right? Kelly's coming off the bench, playing 19 minutes. He has 5 points, 5 rebounds. Yeah. Right? I mean, they, they can't they can't win. He can't win with Kelly. Kelly Kelly's a guy of 22 and 14 in Saratov, you know? He can't win if he has plays 19 minutes. That's five points and five rebounds. Not against that team. And I don't put that on Kelly. No, no. You know, you know it's just bizarre. So let's go to the final game of the Friday night in the trophy where Glasgow were at Thames Valley. Ali Fraser was back. I'm assuming it was... Assuming it was a terrible game and it was a blowout because nobody saw it, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. Yeah, I, mean, I, didn't exist. I was really disappointed that the only yeah. decent overtime game of the, you know was was gonna be was one that we didn't get to see. We didn't get to see. No. Thames hope, Valley, yeah, Thames Valley ninety-one, Glasgow ninety-seven in overtime, uh, but unfortunately they didn't stream it, so we couldn't watch it. No, bit, so I'm not going to talk. I've, I've never talked. I haven't talked yet about something I didn't watch. So I don't really think why well, we should do it on this. Only to say that on the stats, Glasgow's minutes distribution was interesting. They seem to be playing equal opportunities and giving everybody a shot, which I'm not sure is the best way forward when you're dealing with a quarterfinal against a team who's desperate for an upset. That yeah. said, it might have been because the, the, the starters weren't doing it, so you have to put the bench in. I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rocks, Jordan Johnson's numbers were really down. Which yeah, surprising. yeah, they were. Yeah, Rocks, Rocks did lead for for much of the game. Uh, there was a free throw. We don't know how long to go. It said forty eight seconds. Although, given what happened after that in the play by play, I doubt it was forty eight seconds uh, but, to go. It went to overtime. Rocks had game. a nine zero run. Um, uh, Hakim Silla had twenty points, twelve of eighteen uh, shooting. Thirty points. Sorry, 30 points. I've written down yeah. 20. It definitely was. You can't have 12 of 18 shooting. It's a bit harsh if you have. 30, 30 points. Uh, Jacoby Bonner, 27 and 9. Fraser had 21 and 7 off the bench. Hillsman, 19. They had 55 points off the bench, to your point, about uh, mm. about um, equal opportunities. Let's go to a game that we were able to uh, watch on Saturday. Sorry, Scorchers, 74 Manchester Giants. Uh, 81. Um, Scorchers started this game well, but then Jules Dangakodo 
he he was scoring, but then he got injured and he went off and he he never came back. Teo, who by the looks of it was on a minutes restriction, uh, so he wanted to he wanted to make the you most of the minutes. In the meantime, out there. Yeah. He came in and he was making those shots as well, and and Scorchers got out to a, a double figure lead early on. Uh, yeah, oh, and Dan Clark as well. Dan Clark played six, six minutes. minutes. I didn't I didn't notice him go off other than a substitution. Off, but yeah. He never came never off. Came never came and never came back. Um, I think Jameson was missing as well for for Surrey. He was, yeah, yeah. And um, Raf Topless as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two sides to this game. Um, Manchester. I was watching the first quarter with Manchester. And was kind of getting a bit. Perplexed, I was trying to figure out what was going on because um, Dan Clark played six minutes, but he hardly looked at the basket. Mm. And it, it, I kind of figured, I think I figured it out, and I hope I'm right, but obviously, as ever, we could always be wrong because I'm not in the locker room, I don't know. Um, but it seemed to me that they were making a, a conscious effort to run their stuff. And what I mean by their stuff is they were running their sets all the way through mm. to the ball. So Dan Clark would catch the ball at the top and he'd go immediately into a dribble handoff, even mm. though no one was guarding him. Yeah, yeah. Make it stand then. Yeah, yeah. Stood there it was a bit. Oh. It was a bit collegiate, wasn't it? It was a bit was. like college it, basketball, where that's what you've got to do until yeah. the coach says you can yeah, have that shot. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, you know, and I was, I was kind of, my mind was like, well, what, what's going on? Why, why are they, you know, Armstrong? They're running everything. Armstrong was throwing the ball in the horn, setting the ball, he's rotating around, and they couldn't score. I mean, they had mm. five points in the first seven minutes, mm. and I was thinking to myself. I know you've got a big game tomorrow. I know your offense hasn't been working the way that you want it to be working, but you've got to be very, very careful about taking any game in the BBL as a practice session. Mm. That was that was in, that was actually going through my mind in the first quarter as it was happening. That said, um, I'm as I say the whole Dan Clark thing slightly weird because he didn't come back on the court, didn't look noticeably injured. Obviously, they've got a game the next night, but that game was in jeopardy for 35 minutes, basically. Yeah. He, he so, must have know. had something. It must have been an injury. I was actually, given that, I was surprised to see him play today and start yeah. today. I, I well, was even then he played limited yeah. minutes today. Yeah, which yeah. And he up. didn't look to be moving quite as freely. So he, there oh, must no. be an injury there that we're not aware but of. I just kind of didn't, couldn't figure out why he wouldn't do a tail and get his shots up because he was quite yeah. good. Yeah, so yeah. that impacted them at the beginning. And um, But sorry, as we know, sorry struggled to sustain any form of um, good play for about more than a quarter. Mm. And... Um, it's probably even harder for them now with the with the limitations on their bench, and particularly Dan Okoda, who actually may be their most important player. If you actually look at their team as a whole, not the best player, not the most productive player, but he may be the most important player because he takes the ball out of um, Davis's hand. He means that they can use Raf Topolis as a spot-up shooter and Davis as a scorer. And, and can add just a little bit of, of, of um, organisation to, to what they're doing. Um, but yeah, Taylor got a shot. Taylor didn't look right to me, I'll be honest. I, I, I didn't think Manchester bothered to make him do things that... I think there was a time in the, in, probably in the, the fourth quarter he got a shot blocked in by somebody who uh, couldn't get off the ground, I can't remember. Um, but he didn't look right to me. But he, he got it out and he played and he, and he got the ball where he wanted it and we shot the ball and he made them, which is good for him. But in the you know the second quarter, um, their momentum dissipated. Yeah, Manchester um, gradually dragged themselves back in, yeah. and the guy Artisan. who did it was Artisan. Yeah, yeah. Um, Artisan, and he is, to be absolutely fair, he is probably the you know the brightest of the of the sparks of you know McKnight going, and they lose players, and they 
they changed the rules, but within everything, he's actually demonstrated again that he probably didn't demonstrate in November and December. The problem the problem is that it's not been quite enough right. um, because of the, the fact that everybody else has been kind of projected up through the ranks a little bit. Um, but no, he made a he made a pull-up jump shot. He got to the rim. He made a three. Uh, he just made plays. He had know? ten and, uh, ten points in a fourteen zero run, which took them from from nine down to uh, to five up. And you like that because you just like you had a little bit of will. It was a little bit of will to it. It wasn't just mm. kind of running up and down and making kind of making a shot. Oh look at me, I'm great. You know, it was quite structured and it was quite um um what's the best way decisive in the way that he did it you know there were no bad shots there were no lucky shots you know he went through his whole repertoire you know to the basket to the puller pop for the three knock them all down play defense at the same time and kind of once they got their the noses in front despite the fact that they were playing minutes you know considerable minutes without armstrong and clark at times um they never really um sorry never really again when they get behind they never really ever looked like making that sustaining a run to get back into a game. Whelan had seven in a seven in a row to start a seventeen-two run in the third quarter, and that was that in was the, third quarter, the, the one, the one that... thing you did know was that at the end, Surrey would make some shots, and Manchester would just yeah. ease it off a little bit, yeah, and it would get back to end. seven. But it was never going to get any closer. Than They're that. a dangerous spread team, so <laughs> you never, you never know. Yeah. Um, the thing, the other thing that got me was sorry was you know it was like it was again one of those times where you think oh maybe there's a run in them, and then Will Saunders is left wide open, yeah, twice, you know, and I'm like, come on guys, you know you gotta guard him, you know this you know, he's a big red underline, you know asterisk on the scouting report yeah, double yeah, print, yeah. you know you know chase him off make him work, no comfortable catch and shoot. Yeah. And he got comfortable catching and shoots off no particular action. It wasn't like yeah. you know, they'd switched, they'd thrown the ball three times around the room and everybody had been scrapping for each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, at that point, you think, you know, you can't give the opposition's best player or the best opposition scorer as their favourite looks, and they do it time and yeah. time again. That said, they're down on bodies, you know, so yeah. it is tough. Thomas is new and is struggling a little bit. Um, and you know they, they, they do play hard. Mm. Sorry, most of the time, I um, They don't generally play smart when they're playing hard. Mm. And there are times where obviously we saw in the derby game when they've come off the win where they didn't play hard. Yeah. Um. So it's a bad come and they get into that tipping point in the season now, where it doesn't get any better. Mm. You know they need a full squad. They need everybody out there. Yeah. But it may well be that it just becomes too late because everybody becomes so demoralised. Yeah. I um. You know next. Probably tipping points probably in about three weeks' time. Mm. Um, if they don't, something doesn't turn around before then. Then um, and they've got they're playing Newcastle on Friday night, which is a big game for them mm. because Newcastle are down on bodies as well. So there's no excuses, you know. Mm. Um, in relation to you know, if you want to beat a team that you want to get in the playoffs, you've got to beat the team that's seventh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So so we'll see. Uh, Manchester they needed the win. As I say, I was a little bit um, afraid from the beginning of the game. Um, but then, you know, it's been over a month since McKnight's gone and they haven't got anybody in. No. Um, or they've certainly not announced anybody in. And there's been, you know, rumours of people and all sorts of stuff, but there's no bodies there and they need no. a body. Yeah. Um, you know, at this point, because the, um, the yeah, Whelan and Steele are giving them good minutes and all of that stuff. 
but they're not talking about competing for fifth. They're talking about competing for the top three. Yeah. You know, and they're probably they're they're a score short for competing for the top three, and that's why Armstrong's had to take on so much. And obviously, if Clark gets hurt, then again, if Clark struggles, then they're really um they're down, mm. down what they need to be in the top three. So Teo was six of eight shooting in twenty three minutes. So my guess would is minutes restriction is probably twenty. Uh, Nineteen points uh, he had. Uh, Davis thirteen ten and five and five turnovers. Uh, five of fifteen shooting. Hamrick uh, ten off off thirteen shots. Not that productive. And I seem not to have written down any giant scorers. I'm going to guess that Artson was the top scorer. Artson had nineteen and ten in this there game. I think that was a, that was the stat I saw. Um, I, don't, I think the rest of it was done by committee, basically. We yeah. and Sanders and you know and, and Lewis and those guys. I don't know what Armstrong had, but he was playing within himself, from what I could see. So let's go uh, to Sunday and Surrey's uh, second game of back-to-back. Plymouth City Patriots, 87, Surrey scorched at 74. No um, Kofi Josephs, no Raul Graham Bell for the Patriots, no Danga Kodo and uh, Robertin for the Scorchers. And uh, topless. Oh, yes, sorry, yes. And, On top um, of the guys who were missing uh, yesterday. This um, game was so significant in my mind, just so you know, I didn't realise it was on until after halftime. Oh, right. So you missed the, um, you missed the I missed, excitement. I missed the, the Joe Hart explosion. Joe Hart shooting well. Joe you missed, Hart going off. You Sorry, missed Stanley Joe. going off as well in the I first missed Stanley quarter. Stanley had 20 in the first half as well. Yeah, I he did. had 16. Stanley Davis had 16 points in the first quarter. Four oh. of four shooting. Three of three from uh, uh, the three-point line. Five of six from the free throw line. A three on the buzzer. He was doing everything. I saw the three on the buzzer. That was what got my attention. That there was a good yeah. game on because yeah. I saw... Um, um, I saw the clipper on, on, on Twitter and I was like, oh, Jesus, what is this? What, three? Oh, no, better turn it on. Um, so, no, I totally, uh, you know, totally blew that one, I'm afraid. So I blew the scouting report on this game. Um, <laughs> so let's, so let's yeah. spin it so, forward yeah. to the second half then, Yeah, I watched we? a bit of that, yeah. So, um, uh, Joe Hart, first of all, had uh, 10 points in a, in a 16-0 run, which turned them from six down to... 10 up um to be fair sorry got it back just before half time but then after the after the break Hassan and Williams uh paced a 12-3 run and they they went back out to double figures Plymouth yeah it's tough I mean that is I mean you know the, the um you know the, the rule of thumb in the BBL is generally for a big proper BBL team uh, one injury makes you better Two injuries, you can survive about a fortnight. Three injuries, you're pretty much in trouble. And four injuries, you're absolutely screwed. Mm. And um, sorry, he's at the four injuries point. So they got mm. two young lads playing mm. out of their academy. Um, they got Teo playing on a hard floor, second game in two nights, half fit. Mm. Um, and I thought they put up a decent show from what I could see. Um, now, Plymouth are down a couple of players as well, but Plymouth have. At that point, they've got Williams and Hassan. Yeah. Right. Williams and Hassan, who are a perfectly competent and capable um, BBL scoring combination, certainly in the lower half of the league and potentially higher than that. When you throw in the pieces that they've got around them, Dusha, Joe, and Joe shooting like that, um, Denzel's and his, his athleticism. And then um, we've got a couple of big bodies as well with, with Adi Cunley. And um, obviously Bell wasn't playing, but even so, you know, they've got 
athleticism and bodies. You know, it's the two injuries, be the four injuries. Two injuries you can manage for a couple of weeks, four injuries you're stuffed. Mm. And that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. So yeah, I, I didn't I wouldn't um I watched up up until the third quarter, the end of the third quarter. I thought, as I say, I thought the Surrey um were competing, they were making plays, um, doing what they could. Um, but they were never it was one of those games where by half time you see it's a four point game and you immediately look at the spread and mm. think, oh. This is nice because it's thing going to last, you know. Yeah, yeah, you immediately yeah. think, well, you know, because Plymouth, um, even without, as I say, without Josephs and without um, Bell, you know, they're a perfectly competent BBL team. And uh, so, they got it. They got it back to seven. Sorry, but then a fourteen-two run took it out to eighty-six sixty. You know, and for all you know, for all I can, if you get on Davis, you know, Davis is still a gamer. Davis still yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he plays hard. He can score the ball. He's athletic. He can, you know, he get to the rim. He's, he's got. He has a little bit. He has something about him. You know, he's, he's, he's by no means, um, not a guy who can succeed yeah, in the BBL. Yeah. Who can play, he can, you know. Yeah. And um, he's he, not he just needs, he just not. He just needs to be in the right. Yeah, he, yeah. I don't think he's a point guard. No, no. that's yeah. that's just. No, he I might mean, be a twenty point points, seven assists, eight turnovers. That's yeah. Well, that's the thing. Basically, he's a playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, no, that's not a playmaker in your old school John Stockton, Steve Nash playmaker. No, that's no. a playmaker as a guy who makes plays. Yeah. But but making plays means that you are at risk of um making plays which are also negative for your team. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, you're right, seven assists, eight turnovers, you know. Those that that's you, you can't win that way. Um there was something going on in the telly at the, during this game, and the one bright spark of that thing that was going on in the telly happened uh, just at the moment uh, near the end where Jules Dangakoda got ejected. So I didn't see why he was on court or what had happened, but I looked up, I looked back down actually at my laptop, and 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 he obviously I, I assumed the there was some sort of uh, eh. I was at the point of um, putting the sprouts in the pan. Oh, okay, so there sorry, was, I assume there was some sort of coming together, and he'd obviously come onto court and anybody who leaves the bench Benches, you know coming exactly. together is ejected so i'm, yeah, I'm assuming really that's what that, happened yeah. but as i say it was one of them where i looked up and i saw somebody who was not in thing i was thinking what's he doing all i say about that is you know plymouth you're three and nine bristol yeah. sorry you're one and nine yeah. you know neither of you've got anything to be talking about no you know you know you know, but, you know so i don't know if that was talked about whatever you know but ultimately just just get some wins and then start talking yeah so Joe Hart had uh, nine of eleven shooting, five of six for three for twenty-five points, uh, seven and four as well. Hassan with sixteen, mm -hmm. Williams with fifteen and nine assists. Davis, uh, I've given his numbers already. Hamrick sixteen and uh, Thomas had fifteen and ten. Uh, so mm -hmm. let's uh, go. Oh, I've almost thrown my piece of paper away without going to Manchester against London. There, uh, let's go to the trophy game, which was the Manchester Giants. 79, the London Lions, 90. The same players that were missing were missing. Um, L London came out, uh, Dirk Williams, Kajini, Reese, early threes. They're 15-3 out after three and a half minutes and, and seemingly cruising. Yeah, I kind of feared for London in this game after the, you know, the comments that James made after the, the game on Friday night where on Sky and he was, he was saying, you know, this is a process and Learn the, learn the guys and I've got to, you know, we haven't had that many practices and all this stuff because I was 
thinking, and when we've got we've got a peak at the end of the season, all that stuff, and I'm thinking, no, you really need to be peaking now because this team's been together for six months, mm. um, and you don't want the players to be kind of buying into that narrative of we're just a work in progress, and we're going because by that point, because if you don't look after the present, then the future isn't going to be there, mm. you know. And so I was fearful, a little bit fearful for that, but um, Kelly was back in the starting lineup, um, and and they went back. To a far more kind of the way that they'd been playing basketball for the first three or four months of the season where on the basically they've been pretty darn good mm. um you know and they've lost that many games they lost a city game at sorry when they had six players and you know new year's day and you know for whatever reason certain players weren't there or weren't allowed to play they lost the city game in newcastle where they were just too they didn't know what the bbl had in for them and they underestimated and Fletcher in particular. But apart from that, in the BBL terms, they did two relatively close games against Leicester in the Cup semi-finals, mm. but they couldn't quite get over the hump. But apart from that, they've been, you know, they've been pretty good. And they are kind of what they are, mm. you know. Um, and I thought the lineups in this game were far, far more cohesive for London. Um, I don't know how many minutes Kelly played, but it was certainly a lot more than he did on Friday night. And um yeah, they got off by starting off doing what they do. They spread the floor and they're virtually impossible to guard mm. when you have those shooters. It's not virtually impossible. They're very difficult to guard when you have those shooters and you have Kelly in the middle. You've got to decide what, you got to pick your poison, decide what you're going to give up. And Manchester, again, started very slowly offensively. Mm. And the reality is their shot creation outside of, with their starting lineup, that their shot creation is really relying on Armstrong and Clark. And Clark, if Clark's not right, then Armstrong is letting, other, as most point guards do, he's going to try and get everybody else going first. They're going to struggle from the get-go, you know, to get shots, to get good looks, because Artisan's not a natural scorer. Steals a guy who's going to score the ball off, um, off Armstrong's penetration or of, of you know, off. off Kick outs and that type of thing, mm. um, and Jamel's not not a guy who you're going to go to and say put the ball in the basket for us early on, and they got bit by that. And unfortunately, the you know the, that first five minutes of the game was was the game. Yeah. Um, because once you once those shooters get comfortable, yeah, once yeah. they get knocking them down, um, once they're in rhythm, um, it's um, you know it's a long long way back. And it, you know, and again, it happened in. It happened in Newcastle three weeks ago where they had like 36 points at the end of the first, 34 points at the end of the first quarter. You know, if you're not locked in on this team straight away, and as I say, this is why the starting why starting to wire just absolutely baffled me mm. on Friday. Um, because that, that lineup, you know, Kelly, Reese, sorry, Reese, Dirk Williams, Cugini, Washburn, and Kelly, um, with the opportunity to throw Will Neighbor in there as well. Mm. That is a tough as, cover. It's a tough cover. It's as tough a cover as it's been in this league in a long time. Mm. I'll say that. As, as, as there's been in this league in a long, long time. Just offensively. Now, everything that goes on the other end, whether they run back, whether they get upset with each other, whether they don't share the ball, whether they mentally they crack, whatever. But the only way that you're going to beat London, and I still think this, even now, even though they've lost five or six games now, is if you can crack them. If you can take that away from them, if you can make their you can get into their heads and impact their decision making, and uh, you're not going to do that whilst Lorenzo and Dirk are knocking down shots, and then Washburn knocking down shots, and Kelly, you know, dunking the ball, Reese being comfortable. So yeah, Manchester, 
Very kind of mean, you know, yeah. mad kind of game. 25 points at half time. Um, just, you know, it made you think, Christ, how good was Saratov? Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 I was yeah, watching this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did that Saratov team do at London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's London doing to Manchester? You know? Um, so they were 10 of 20 from three point range in the first half, uh, the Lions. They were up by as many as 27 in the third quarter. And the game looked done and dusted, to be honest with you. But they were a bit sloppy down the, down the stretch. And Giants did get it back to, to eight points. It, it never quite looked like they were going to get all the way back, but it, it, no, it didn't. They made a couple of bad plays down the stretch. I mean, obviously, again, Dan Clark's minutes were significantly restricted in this game, and that has a massive impact because they're not deep enough to to take that out and to be, you know, to be on the par of the of the, of the very top teams. Um, the Steel turned the ball over in transition when they were down eight with about two minutes to go, um, which was kind of a momentum killer. And they gave up an offensive rebound and uh, just shot a foul shot from 30 feet. Um, and bang, 11-point game. And as Jason yeah. said, on to, that's, that's the dagger. Yeah. Um, but that's a, they were comfortable. You know, even, I mean, they, London knew they were winning that game. Um, Armstrong yeah. got going a little bit. Whelan got going a little bit. Yeah. Jamel they just had a couple of, there was like a couple of shot clock violations and some. It just it, you allow the crowd to get up and it, you know weird things. Do it's it, just it I just think like that it, 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 it's it's one thing having those when you you that you're up six. Yeah, yeah. Another thing when you're up thirteen. Yeah, yeah. When you've got the amount of talent they've got, and yeah. they they are playing to be fair pretty significant minutes. Some of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Third so, game in since third Tuesday. game in five days, and so the yeah. kind of the, the, the temptation to kind of just hold the ball a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. To run the, to make the game a bit shorter. That does come in, but that does is that kills your offensive rhythm. Yeah. Um, but I'm you know pretty sure that um, the coaches don't think like this, but I'm pretty no, sure the players who were in charge yeah. of the game thought that there's no way in the world no that way. they're going to lose yeah. this game at this point. Um, oh, the though. Yeah, yeah. Good crowd, nice to see. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be yeah. fair, there's all weekend been good crowds. Every, every game, uh, every game we saw. Um, yeah, every so, game we saw you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Armstrong, 20 points and eight assists. Lewis, 18, Steele, 11. Uh, Dirk Williams, six of nine uh, from three for 28 points. Reese had four of eight for 20 points. He also had nine assists and five steals. Um, the field goal shooting was very similar between the two teams. The big difference was um, Lions were 14 of 31 for three and Giants were 8 of 18. Um, yeah, 14, 31 threes, you can't defend that. Yeah. Yeah. Said it. You know, on Friday yeah. night, we've got to defend 3.9. It's just, yeah. you know, you'll give up the lobs to Kelly. It's slightly different than Leicester. With Leicester, you can't give up the stuff to Nelson Henry and, um, and Walker inside. And um, because it's something that they know they can always go back to. Yeah. With London, if Kelly gets a few lobs a game, you kind of have to live with it because you're not giving up Cajunio and threes in the corner. Yeah. Because you have to kind of work on the basis that so some of the time we're going to get a body on Kelly. We're going to try and take that middle penetration away. Not all the time, but it's a tough play to make time and time again. Yeah. Not a tough play for Cranwell to make to throw the ball on Nelson Henry. No. You know, it's an EFR easy and it's it's just it's still two points. Now neither Nelson Henry or Walker is getting anywhere near no. um, above the rim, but no, they don't no, need no. to. It's still two no. points, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. 
And so there's kind of a, a technical difference in how you have to defend the two teams and what you have to focus on um, and what you have to stop to do. It. With, with London, yeah, primarily it's the three-point shooters. With Leicester, primarily it's the inside guys and Gino at the rim, and then you work on the rest. Um, I'm not sure how much teams, at this part of the season, it's pretty tough to kind of change this up game in game. Manchester had a game the night before. Yeah. Um, but, you know, teams should know each other by now as well. Yeah. So, you know, there should be, a, at least everybody should have an idea, this is what we need to do to stop teams. And I'm not sure at times, having watched some of these games this, this year, that there's enough focus being placed on specifics of the it's pretty stats. obvious with London as well because the numbers are so stark in terms of the numbers of threes it is I mean it's obvious it's an easy thing make. to do you know it's an easy thing to do to say not such an yeah. easy thing to do I mean I'm mindful of you know Theo stood in that corner in Plymouth and that kind of one of the 10 minutes of that game I got to watch where the ball goes out to him and despite the fact it's Theo despite mm. the fact that he has about 5,000 BBL points about 3,500 of them off from corner threes yeah yeah right that's an exaggeration, but not as much as you would think, right? Um, there's still a soft closeout from the Plymouth guy. Yeah, yeah. And just a soft little closeout. And Theo is just going to rise up and shoot that. Mm. And you're thinking, get up to him. He's hurt. Make him dribble to his left. Dribble into the help. The worst thing that happens is he gets a, he makes a tough two instead of a three that he's made for the, the entire of his career. Mm. You know, and I'm watching it thinking. Let's go forward on games rather than back here. So let's go forward to the final yeah. game of the uh, weekend. Cheshire Phoenix 93, Glasgow Rocks 87. No Mockford for um, uh, or, or Cheshire Austin. or Austin. Um, and uh, that's quite a significant hole for them. Uh, and they um, they got down early on. Johnson had nine in 11-2 run, and, and the Rocks had 25 points inside uh, seven minutes and, and looked pretty good despite going to to overtime on Friday night. Yeah, well, Rocks went kind of full Jacqueline Hyde, you know, 32 points in the first quarter, 10 in the second quarter. Mm. Um, the start of this game, and we've talked about plus minuses before, as being a bit risky. But the start of this game is that... Um, Gareth Murray was a plus 11 on the plus minus in his 35 minutes, mm. which means that in the five minutes he didn't play, they lost by 17. Mm. Right? And that's a bit of a scary start. That's a scary <laughs> number. Now, there's other things that might have gone on in the five minutes that he didn't play, so it might not just be that. But the beginning of the second quarter, and, and the, the, with, they had no Fraser, which hurts them. I mean, that's, Glasgow with Ali Fraser can beat anybody. Glasgow without Ali Fraser are fighting an uphill battle. Um, and, um, you know, they got, beginning of the second quarter, they, they had new guy Johnson on who really didn't, didn't really impact the game at all. Like one shot, no point, 18 minutes. Uh, Bunyan really struggled. And he was one of 10 on Friday night. So I don't know if he's hurt or whatever. Um, and they get, and, you know, with, with Harris on the bench and um, Gareth on the bench, they just basically offensively um, imploded. And I thought the game was, kind of summarised by the, the last play of the first half. Um, mm. Glasgow runner, and Glasgow got a ball 12 seconds left. Johnson penetrates, throws it to Bunyan. Cheshire do a good job in the corner, forcing him off the three-point line, takes a step inside three-point three line, shoots a decent shot, rims out, because Johnson's on the baseline, Bunyan's on the baseline. There's, a, there's nobody in the backcourt that threw it out there, and I think name on right or somebody of Kyle Carey yeah, right, dunked, right, it with, dunked it with two seconds yeah. to go. And you're thinking, God, that's horrible. 
Yeah. You know, the very that's horrible. The very least, you know, you've got a chance of going in up at the very least tied. Yeah. Or if you don't score, down two. Yeah. Instead, yeah. you're going down four with the opposition having the, the momentum, which they tried to give away by getting a technical at half time. Yeah. Um, but even so, you know, it's that that kind of that little detail stuff. Well, the interesting thing is you talk about that. It was 40-42 at that point. And then yeah. at the a couple of minutes into the into the um second half, they're still on 42. And Cheshire have scored 15 points in a row and lead 55-42 with Carey and Wright in threes as well. Yeah, well, I mean, Carey was great in this game because he's playing more minutes. And it's interesting that it totally changes the, the look of their team when they've got Teddy and um, Ben Mockford and Larry Austin sharing minutes. Instead, Teddy's playing 40 minutes. Mm. And in the backcourt, you've got Naaman Wright and um, Kyle Carey. And you think, are they going to get enough offense out of Kyle Carey outside the transition stuff? And they did. He played great in this game. He made shots when he had to. Um, he kind of it seems to be a kid who a kid, a guy who um, rises to kind of more responsibility, which is really good um, for his development. They also in that second quarter they got some great minutes out of Robbie Graham as well, who mm. was plus eight in, yeah, in, in yeah. about six minutes. Doesn't play much, but every time he plays, he looks like he belongs. You know, mm. a bit little, but. You know, he made he made the three. He made a corner three, and then got back in, uh, got back in transition and knocked the ball away from from one of the rocks guys for what would have been an easy, an easy layup in transition. So he's kind of out there making plays, and that was really positive for Cheshire as well. Um, but like this run was, you know, Bradley got going. Um, they made some shots. Teddy um, Carey got going, and as you say, Glasgow looked like they were they were finished. But what Gareth then did was he went to a zone. Mm. And that zone brought them back in the game, um, yeah. slowly, um, gradually, because that Cheshire team, particularly with um, they, they've got without Mockford, um, they're zonable because Wright kind of takes a bit of time to lock into his three. He kind of rises yeah. up and, and does it. And um, Bradley the same. Bradley can shoot the three, particularly when he's wide open. But he does that kind of lock in it's and a bit line of a wind up, isn't it? He has yeah. a bit of a wind up on the shot, uh, and um, you know, and, and Carey is can shoot it, but he is not a guy you're scared of kind of making five or six and a quarter. So, um, so the zone slowed them down. And the other thing was that uh, Jordan Harris got going, and Jordan Harris mm. is, I think, the best one man fast break in this league. Yeah, probably for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, because you know he catches, he gets a, he gets a defensive rebound. It's a layup, mm. you know, and and, and and it doesn't matter who's in front of him or whatever. He's just north south, and um, he, um, he he's playing really really impressively as the season goes on, aggressively, athletically, and um, they kind of dragged it back off transition off the zone. A well, the, bit, the other and thing then was, going. yeah, the other thing is into the fourth quarter, Knicks were still reasonably comfortable, but then they just kept missing free throws. They missed a yeah. ton of free throws in the fourth quarter, Cheshire. Hillsman, yeah. as you say, was making threes at the other end and they yeah. were just reeling them in, reeling them in. And it was, it was almost like, is there going to be enough time for them to get all, all the way back? Yeah. And I thought, uh, you see, this is this is a tough. It's always the toughest one as a coach. This because the zone's got you all the way back, mm. but you do you stick with it to the very end, mm. you know? Because at the end of the day, eventually against the zone, they're going to figure out they're going to get a shot now. Whether they're comfortable enough and confident enough to knock it down is another question because of what they've been in. But do you want to rely on them missing at that point, or do you want to change it up again? 
I did think to myself about two and a half minutes to go in the game. It was a two-point game. It was the possession before Kyle Carey made it out of three. Mm. I did think to myself, you know, I think about coming out with this zone at this point, just to give them another look, just to change it because um, they're, they're getting they, they were whilst they hadn't been making shots, they, they as you know they were they were comfortable and you don't want to stand there and hope somebody misses to win you the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you want to be a bit more um, direction. Uh, um, Directional than that. So but that was Kerry, Kerry made the three, didn't he? Kerry's three. Corner. That was um, in the corner with 145 to go, 86 82. Johnson then got into the paint at the other end. He missed. So came back down and Kerry got a very similar shot. Um, yeah. This time, and you think, well, if that goes in, that's game over. Yeah. It doesn't go in. Yeah. Harris on the fast break scores. It's 86 84. Yeah, it's just under a minute to go. And they're still in the zone. And Bradley, still in the zone. and Bradley then hits a hits a three to make it 89-84. But Harris replied immediately, 89-87. Then Gareth uh, fouls out on. Um, well, I'm not sure what that foul was, but he must have known what was coming. He must have gone. Well, I'll foul Teddy, and he'll miss both from the free throw line. Yeah, but I mean, two things really. Um, the I thought they lost the game on the two threes they gave up. Yeah, particularly the Bradley one. I mean, after after he, you know, he, that was a lineup shot. That was Levi Bradley's shot. Mm. You know, and he's been he had some made some shots in that game. You know, you know, I thought giving up that shot once you're down five with forty odd seconds to go, then a lot has to happen. Yeah. Now one of those things was Jordan Harris making that shot, and I was yeah. kind of doubtful about trusting the clock on the screen at Ellesmere Port, but yeah. pretty clear that there's thirty seconds left when Gareth made that foul, and I'm like. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is the score is looking straight up at the scoreboard, which is behind the basket. And I'm thinking it's a two-point game. You know, you've yeah. got an eight-second differential. That is not a good foul. No. I don't care whether they're making shots or they're missing shots. That is not a good foul. It's his fifth foul. Yeah. He fouls out on that. And you know, that's an, for me, you know, anything less than anything more than 28 seconds is a no-foul situation. Yeah. To yeah. Watch. 28 seconds is, is about 28 seconds, yeah, because by the time the shot goes up, the rebound, the game can be over. Yeah. But um, but 32 seconds, no way. You know, you get a stop and you've got you've got the ball, you've got two extremely explosive players and a chance to get a foul or whatever. And so instead they played the foul, the free throw game, um, which as you say. They had a chance of actually coming out of successfully <laughs> because Teddy it's, misses two. Teddy misses uh, two. Hillsman and, then gets um, fouled with 23 seconds to go and a chance to tie it, and he missed them both. He missed them both, which is crazy. What they, what they actually needed was a big man to come and show these guys how to shoot free throws. So, so Micah Chirobia does the business. 22 seconds to go, makes two foul shots. Uh, 91-87. And then timeout, they advance the ball. Johnson gets him right. I don't, know if he, yeah. I don't know if he blocked it or he just changed the shot but he certainly challenged the shot uh, Johnson misses and uh, Cherobia with the rebound he's fouled again I don't think Johnson's particularly healthy because you know that he does not have the same bounce he had earlier on this season does not have the same um, yeah bounce is the word you know he was bouncing people were bouncing off him and he was making those plays earlier in the season second thing is oh, Cherobia was plus 19 in this game mm. in 21 minutes you know he is an absolute critical player for him. They're not playing him and Dickerson together, which I think is, or they didn't in this game, it might be because they were down on bodies, which I think is sensible. And I think it helps everybody else. Um, and Dickerson, 
was minus eight, Archer Obi was plus 19, and they're basically playing parallel minutes, you know. Mm -hmm. So that shows you just how important Archer Obi is to, to the Cheshire Phoenix. Um, and he's not turning the ball over, he's, he's rebounding the ball incredibly well at both ends, and, and eventually, as you say, knocking down the foul shots mm. when the guards can't do it. Mm. So, um, you know, there's not been that I've seen this year an import big guy who's outplayed Ochirobia. There's mm. times not just times he fouls himself out, yeah, aggressive. But if you're just talking about actually minutes on the court in relation to what he's given his team, uh, even the imports, you know, they're playing him even. Mm. Um, but there's nobody who's um outplaying him, you know. I remember Walker, Walker couldn't really move him. Um, Shelton's athleticism hurt him, but then Ochirobia's both beat him up at the other end. You know, he's just a, a, a really important piece for that team. And they are they are very, very, they are a talented team. Now, the big thing is, can Ben get games out of them when they've got nine guys? Mm. Um, and can you get them all playing the right minutes so they're all happy when they've got those nine guys? Because that's not easy. And, when, and the reason I say they're all happy, that's important because performance is linked to comfort. So there's no point playing them. If, if playing a guy who plays 25 minutes might play great. He plays eight minutes in the game. He might, you know, took up three bad shots, sit down, not be happy. Yeah. Um, and can he do that? Because as I say, you know, one injury generally always makes you better. Two injuries, you can have two today. You can survive for a couple of weeks until you're risking any more. Um, but when you get them all back, mm. it creates problems for it again. How do you balance? So what do you do? Yeah, that's a, that's a test for them. Bradley had 28 points, 12 of 16 shooting. Wright had 20 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, carry 17. Harris had 26, uh, 4 and 5. Hillsman, 22. And Johnson, I think, had 18, although my pen ran out at that point, so it's a bit of a oh, scratch. Yeah. Can you today. give us a, a regular, um, your regular update on the Rocks record away from home? I can't actually. You know, I was so quick on here. I haven't actually done the league table, but I think yeah, they're one at some point. They obviously, yeah, they obviously won. Thames Valley doesn't count, so yeah. um, it's one because we didn't, didn't see happen. it. So it didn't happen. So it's one one more loss than last time, and that's as far as yeah. we can go. Yeah, yeah this they, they, you know they they've not really. I know you know they think they didn't think many fitted them, but they've never replaced them. No, no. You know, one guy has come and gone, got injured. Second guy, you know, not really giving them much today, and he's got a couple more weeks, I suppose, to to fit in because he's, he's new to the team, but. You know that that kind of extra shot blocking lent long body is is really being missed by them. Mm. That was a winnable game today. It was. Um, so that will uh, do it uh, for this week. Scheduling note: um, My son mm. is playing an away game in Edinburgh next Sunday, and I'm on minibus driving duty. Um, so I won't be back in time to do it. So Dave and I will have to have a chat off air in terms of uh, when we might be able to. Uh... You can pop it in your castle on the way back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. There'll be a pie. There'll be a pie and peas, and or or a bacon sandwich. Uh -huh. Available on the roadside. No, whatever. Um, yeah, we'll find a way. We'll we'll find a way. We'll work it out. But uh, yeah. for now, have a great week, and we'll see you at some point next week. Goodbye.